0: Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially Registered Dietitians. Today's conversation is with Sam Osterhaus, a registered dietitian and food lover who just recently took a leap of faith in her career, started a new job, and is living out her passion for public health. Sam is the type of person you want to hang out with all the time because of her energy and maybe her awesome skills creating some delicious dishes in the kitchen. Sam has had a great start to her career working in corporate wellness and food service, but her primary passion for public health just kept tugging at her heartstrings. While she has made the change, she is excited to work a job she loves as well as put love into her own practice and the personal side to her dietitian life. Get to know Sam a little more today and learn why she is someone you will want to hang out with too. Please enjoy my conversation with Sam. Well, I'm so excited to get to know you. I, I know that we've connected through, uh, you know, our social medias and just through I'm finding there's an Iowa connection. We've just kind of have little touch points of connection all over. So it's kind of fun to have a podcast with you and just talk to you a little bit more about your journey to, first of all, being a dietitian and kind of where you're at in your career now. So maybe kind of take me back to when you got interested in this
1: field. Oh, gosh, um, I actually didn't want or didn't know that I wanted to be a dietitian until I was in college. So um, I had started undergrad at the University of Iowa uh, as pre-med um, and a biology major and thinking I was going to be a pediatrician um, and then kind of realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I was thinking maybe being a physician assistant was more the route. Um, just because it's a lot less school. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, and so I, as I was getting deeper into my classes and doing more volunteer work at the hospital, I kind of realized, um, like a lot of people I think who go into public health that a lot of things could be prevented, um, through, you know, healthy eating, physical activity, things like that, just because I was seeing a lot of chronic disease, um, situations that you know were in areas that people you know could have benefited from some of that prevention support um and so I didn't know right away that I wanted to get into public health nutrition so I changed my major to health promotion uh, which was a really great program because it kind of looked at all aspects of health. So you really focused on the social determinants of health, um, kind of like, you know, your environment, individual factors, community factors, um, and also learned a lot about uh, nutrition and physical activity. And so when I was in school, I was, or it got to be like my sophomore year of undergrad, I think. And I was trying to decide, you know, what I wanted to do with this degree because I wasn't really sure exactly what you could do with this degree. and I started to realize that I really loved the nutrition side of things and I have loved food like most dietitians for as long (laughs) as I can remember um I definitely think I was a foodie first just you know enjoyed eating obviously Obviously, (laughs) Um, of course eating and just like cooking and I didn't do a lot of cooking growing up but those were some of my best memories with um, my grandma so really enjoyed that um And kind of decided, okay, maybe the nutrition route is the route I want to go, Uh, but the University of Iowa didn't have, or doesn't have a dietetics program. So, it was either kind of transfer my junior year to Cough Cough Iowa State, (laughs) (laughs) not not in the cards right (laughs) not in the cards I think my father would have disowned me Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I was kind of trying to figure out exactly how I was going to be able to do that and luckily I had a professor in um, that department who was a dietitian and she kind of talked me through some options and maybe alternatives to transferring Uh, and so I decided to start looking into coordinated master's programs where I would be able to get a master's degree, finish up the classes to be a dietitian and do the dietetic internship all in one shot because I like efficiency. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I applied to a few different programs and at the time there really weren't a lot of them or they weren't very, uh, or they were pretty new and not super publicized. Um, but I luckily got into the University of Minnesota uh, and was able to do a, a Master's of public health uh, focused in nutrition at the same time as finishing all the coursework and the internship to be a dietitian so oh my gosh, was that a lot
0: I mean like is that a lot more extra work do you think, just because you are coordinating both of those at the same time?
1: I think so um. <laughs> I mean, I kind of blacked out like all of grad school. (laughs) You blacked out all of grad school. I, I think
0: that's a very honest way of putting that.
1: I mean, I loved it was an amazing program and all the professors in that program were phenomenal and so supportive and really helped you dig deep into what you wanted to do and how to get you there. Um, so I really appreciate everyone I worked with, especially my program coordinator for that, because it was a great experience. But I mean, it it is really challenging to do grad school while on in the internship, because I mean, the internship, I mean, either one of those themselves are really intense. Yeah yes um, absolutely and you kind of throw them together and it's uh it's a lot to handle but it was definitely worth it and I think it you know teaches you how to really manage your time and prioritize and um work on developing a social life <laughs> <laughs> Outside <after of> school. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no I mean I I don't think I would change that at all I it was a really valuable experience and it got me to where I wanted to be in a really efficient way. Um, definitely had some struggles for sure, but in the end was a really good experience. And that's why I say I blacked it out because now I'm like, oh, it was so great. <laughs> I <laughs> and i like, maybe- well, when I was in it, it probably didn't feel so great.
0: <laughs> sure. sure. And I think that's with everything that you do. You know, it's like you when you're in it, you kind of you kind of forget a few things about what really happened. You're you're like, I made it. I, I, I made it.
1: Yeah. And well, when you have like a goal that you're, and kind of big goals like that, that you're super set on, you're kind of just willing to do whatever. And you're like, yeah, this is part of the process. I've just gotta, gotta go for it. And I mean, I think, you know, without the support of all the professors and staff that I had and like family and friends, I wouldn't have been able to do it, but you know, you had a lot of people lifting you up, so that helped too. <laughs> That's good. Did you like that?
0: Did you like the combination of public health and nutrition together?
1: Yes, and I think that comes from really liking the prevention side of things, which was my whole motivation for wanting to do it, anyways. Um, just because I think there are so many nutrition factors that go into chronic disease. Um, well, and we know that's the case. And so I think being able to combine the two perspectives and look at things from a a population level instead of always just individually, um, kind of gives you a really different perspective on what, what health means and what people need to be healthy, um, and so I re- I love the combination and I geek out over data. So that helps a lot. <laughs> oh, perfect. That does help. That yes. helps a ton. This
0: yes. is, so that means your conference is, is good. You're in the right place.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, it's really interesting because I um, had kind of done some work on this grant uh, during one of my internship rotations, during my community rotation. And when I finished that 10-week rotation over the summer, I kind of I called my mom and I was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, this is the work I want to do because it's helping the people who need it most. And it's impacting larger change. Um, so that was a really cool feeling. <laughs> and then yeah, to and me, even back then,
0: now you're kind of coming full circle back with it.
1: Exactly. And that's what's been really cool and surreal about this whole job change experience is, you know, kind of. I didn't take changing jobs lightly. And I knew that if I was going to make a shift in my career, it was going to be back to what my real motivation and real passion was, um, which was public health. So. Well, yeah. no, I think it's interesting how,
0: how I'm catching you at this podcast. Cause I haven't had someone on the podcast that has just gone through a career change. So I think it's great that we're having that conversation. Cause it, like you said, it it's something that you just don't take lightly, you know, when you've, gotten your first couple jobs and then you do you start to make decisions to make decisions to things that you like
1: exactly and i think you know especially for people you know new in the dietetics field their students thinking about you know i'm going to be graduating and taking the exam soon i think it's really important to realize that like your first job nowadays most likely won't be your forever job and it's good to get that experience but as you start getting you know, a few years into your career, you want to start thinking about, okay, I need to be able to set myself up for long-term what I want to do. Um, and so making, when you're going to make a job change, really thinking about like, what's going to be the best move for me, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. God, it seems so long. (laughs) when you say it that way, right? Like,
0: uh, oh, that's a long time to be at a it's job. Like, I know, I'm like, did I really think that far ahead? Probably not, since I'm in a grant-funded position, but like, you know. <laughs> true, true. There is There could be some time limit to that. So Yeah,
1: in the right field, at least, getting yes. more more uh, experience that relates more to what I want to do long-term, definitely. Yes,
0: definitely. <laughs> so the job, we'll get to your job that you're in now, but let's go, so so you did kind of, did your all your focus on public public health and you did your internship. So when were you what were you doing after post internship
1: and what was kind of that first step for you? Well lots of studying for the RD exam. Oh yes. <laughs> Can't forget that. Yep. Um I actually uh Right after graduation, ended up working for a company that I had interned for my very first semester of grad school. So definitely leverage your network connections, all you yeah. new RDs and grads. Um because I really I had really enjoyed that internship rotation. And so that company provides um corporate food service, uh, so kind of like business and industry dining. So if you think like big office buildings in the city. Um, that have cafes in them. That is what this company provides. And so I was hired on as a wellness coordinator for them. And basically my role was to integrate the company. So the, our client, the company's corporate wellness program into their cafe experience. So if there was a focus on healthy eating or if they were doing special initiatives like um, discussing blood pressure, diabetes, how could we bring health into the cafe as well. So that there was a really consistent message across the board. Um, and I also did a lot of work with our chefs on menu planning, um, and with the FDA menu labeling laws, making sure things were labeled properly. Uh, but the best part of my job was getting to do education. So I got to do a lot of on-site events, whether it was sampling, uh, wellness fairs, lunch and learns, uh, different things like that. And that was probably my favorite part because I love education and being able to talk to people and teach. Uh, so being able to do that and get out from behind the computer and interact with people is probably my favorite part.
0: Did you, uh, when it was coming, did you find employee wellness wellness to be challenging? Did they have like a set program for you or was it something that you kind of created based on your population?
1: Uh, so the majority of the clients that I worked with were people who had pretty robust wellness programs already in place. So I wasn't doing a lot of traditional corporate wellness in the sense of developing wellness programs and, you know, counseling or doing screenings for employees. Um I mean and we worked with a a really wide variety of populations so you would have you know your blue collar production workers and then more white collar office workers and everything in between um so really depending on the company that we were running the cafe service for it it really depended on what they were looking for um I had a number of clients who were very wellness focused but a lot of my plant locations were not interested in me trying to tell them to eat quinoa. So oh. <laughs> we didn't talk about quinoa there.
0: <laughs> so you, yeah, that's kind of, they probably just looked at you and were like, uh, what are you doing? Why are you bringing this to us? It is interesting how that population, there's just so many different populations.
1: Yeah. And it really challenges you to think of like, how am I going to, change my message to really meet the needs of that group or really connect with them um which i thought was kind of fun because you know you kind of have to change how you talk to people in different settings and what information is going to connect with them so kind of thinking about you know white collar settings they're kind of sitting all day they're probably you know a little bit more focused on wanting to eat a little a little bit healthier um not to stereotype but that's just kind of what I experienced and so for them you could kind of dive deeper into some of those nutrition topics whereas um, with a lot of my manufacturing workers it was more about like okay I need to make sure I'm nourishing my body enough to be able to do the work I'm doing which is a little bit more physical and they're on their feet um, but also making you know some better decisions when it came to snacking or packing lunches um, if they did that things like that so just really kind of knowing your audience was important I would say
0: <laughs> yeah oh I can totally understand and you know it's interesting that you so I never knew a job like this existed because I didn't you know either. Are, you, well, and it's. I think it's interesting like you you did your internship and that's how you knew about it and I think this is maybe a job do you think this is a job that is something that exists a lot more than us dietitians know
1: about absolutely I think there Are a lot of fields um, beyond like your traditional, you know, food service, community, clinical jobs that you typically think of for RDs that just aren't as widely known or that are popping up. And I think, especially in corporate wellness, we're starting to see kind of an uprising (laughs) of dietitian positions just because companies are realizing how important the health of their employees are to the work culture to their bottom line so on and so forth um so i think a lot more of those opportunities are arising and people just aren't always aware of them and i know there's um the company that i worked for does hire quite a few dietitians across different um settings whether it be working in schools uh universities business and industry um some fine dining things like that they try and have some some sort of a wellness influence and really um, value that RD credential when it comes to getting that information. Um, And so I think it's really interesting to see those opportunities grow because I think some, some companies like the one I work for don't always necessarily know what to do with RDs, but they know that wellness is becoming important. So they want to get a hold of them. So the opportunity, a lot more unique opportunities uh, than we've seen before are, Popping up in the field, which is really, really cool because it kind of opens a whole new door of possibilities for jobs. It
0: does. And we need that. And I think that, you know, finding a company that values RDs is very important. So that's awesome that your first job was one that was like, we love RDs. They're
1: good. (laughs) (laughs) You like them. I think they didn't always know what to do with us. So it was actually (laughs) kind of cool because I got to make up my own job a lot and it was nice. But the best part was, is you had the trust of, your supervisors that you were going to find ways to incorporate Mm -hmm. things and keep yourself busy (laughs) Um, and just like make sure you're a valuable piece of that team, especially to clients. And I think a lot of, um, like I said earlier, a lot of those companies are looking for ways to integrate more wellness into their businesses. And so for a food service company to be able to offer, you know, an expert, a nutrition expert, um, I think is a really big deal now. So that was really cool to feel valued in that sense, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Did you travel with your job too, or were you mostly based in Minnesota?
1: I traveled a lot um, within Minnesota. So I was based in the Twin Cities and kind of hit all of our accounts in the metro, which was like 60 something. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. I was, I was always somewhere new. It kept it interesting. Um, but then I also covered... Uh, the western half of Iowa so like Des Moines and Ames area. Um, okay. And then the western half of Wisconsin as well. Oh, my so, gosh. A lot of territory.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did you work 40 hours a week or what? It sounds um,
1: like it would be a lot more. <laughs> I tried to keep it up 40 hours a week. But Did if I'm know. being honest, uh, it was never really 40 hours gotcha. a week. Gotcha. Um, Which, I mean, some weeks you notice, and some weeks you're having so much fun that you don't. So it just kind of depended on what you were doing. Uh, The nice thing with that position, even though I traveled a lot, I did have a lot of flexibility with my schedule, and I was making my own schedule um, and kind of determining, you know, who I was going to see and when or when I wanted to work from home and get a bunch of stuff done. So having that ability was really nice, and I think it makes working longer hours a little bit easier. More manageable. Um, Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I probably worked more than 40 hours most weeks.
0: It probably would be a hard job to have with, you know, like a family and children and because you would be, if you're traveling all over like that and working longer hours, I would get exhausted. I'm older than you are though, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm like a grandma stuck in a six-year-old's body, I swear. I'm in bed by like eight (laughs) o'clock. Oh, you're speaking my language. (laughs) I was going to say, are you drinking red wine, too? Because then we'd really be on the same page.
0: I am drinking a cocktail. I'm not drinking red wine. Red wine though, but yeah, absolutely. For an evening podcast, you have to have a little, you know, unwinding cocktail.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, but yeah, to your point, like that was something I definitely considered when thinking longer term with this job transition was like traveling, you know, when you're young is super, super fun. Um, and you get to see a bunch of different places and meet a lot of new people. And I loved, that for a while but it started you know when you're kind of settling down and you're starting to build a life somewhere else it's really hard to always be on the road Um, so that was definitely something I took into consideration too is you know within the next few years, I'd like to be in a little bit more stable <laughs> of a situation.
0: Sure. sure, yeah. And and I think that's, so this is a great segue into, you know, making that job change. You know, you said that you didn't take it lightly. There was a lot of thought put into this. So maybe kind of share your process of, of making a change within your career and what you did to kind of say, say yes to the next thing.
1: Yeah, so I... I really thought long and hard about what I wanted to do next. And it kind of took, you know, sitting down and thinking, okay, do I want to go back to what I was passionate about? Do I want to do something, um, that is more public health focused? Do I really enjoy counseling and want to dive back into that? Or, you know, is corporate wellness since that's where, um, I've gotten some experience that where I really belong. And so it was a lot of self reflection and just kind of thinking about, um, setting myself up for maybe not the next, you know, 10 to 20 years, but a stepping stone to get there. Or if, you know, it was the right opportunity the next 10 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so really kind of having that honest conversation with myself and then also just talking to, you know, some of the people who know me best, um, just to kind of get some of their outside opinions, because sometimes it's nice to hear, you may not recognize your own passions right away, um, but if you talk about something all the time, people start to notice. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. So I, I never, think... That's a good
0: idea. I never thought about asking people that know you well, like, what do you see in me when you're around me? I That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, that's actually an activity um, that I was encouraged to do when I was in undergrad trying to decide what I wanted to do is kind of, okay, talk to people around you and ask, what they notice about you and what they notice you spend your time doing or talking about or what kind of lights you up in a sense um and so i kind of went back to that and was like okay i need to think about what i'm really passionate about and what i really want to do long term and so kind of after a little bit of soul searching i was like okay i you know i have this master of public health i know i really value prevention um and like that the one piece that my current job doesn't have that I definitely miss, which we can get into later is like that one-on-one counseling or direct, direct interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have side plans for that. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, part two. just part two, just so I can cover all my bases and make exactly. myself busier than I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> Dietricians are overachievers, right? We, yes, we tend to be, <laughs> we tend to be. Um, so, you know, like I sat down and kind of thought about that and then just started kind of talking to my network of professors and people I had interned with, um, any colleagues I had just to see if they knew of any opportunities, uh, and then just continuing to keep an eye on Indeed and LinkedIn, (laughs) not to put a plug for them, but I mean, (laughs) you can't make a change if the opportunity is not available, so.
0: (laughs) Very true.
1: Um, kind of kept my eye out for that and- you know, that this position opened up to be a wellness coordinator for this grant. Um, and having worked on the grant before in my internship, I, and feeling that passion back then, um, I knew that it was something that I wanted to do again. And it was kind of a situation where it was almost a little bit of a leap of faith of like this opportunity arose when I had started looking and it all lined up perfectly. And, you know, it's a grant funded position, which is always a little bit scary, um, because, you know, not guaranteed past the past expiration date of the grant Mm -hmm. if it doesn't get renewed. But I think for me taking that leap of faith to do something that I had loved doing when I was in grad school and knew that I was super passionate about now is a good time to do it. Um, and really see if like, yeah, that's for sure what I want to do with the rest of my career and kind of dive back into that. So um, definitely a lot of thought and intention went into it. But then when things kind of lined up, it was, you know, taking that leap and and hoping for the best. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. And I think you'd like you, you probably have to feel like you are ready for some type of a change before you just, you can't just look for a job and be like, oh, maybe I should just take that. It's like, you kind of have to have a mindset of, I'm I'm kind of ready for a change. So I need to do something.
1: Exactly. And I feel like you're not really going to be looking for a position until you're ready for a change, or it's not really going to cross your mind. At least for me, it didn't. Um, and so, you know, having enjoyed my previous job, I wasn't really looking until I got to the point where I was like, yeah, I need to, like, this was great, but I feel like I've gotten all I can out of this. Um, and, you know, was trying to continue to be innovative and things like that. But obviously, sometimes you have some red tape that you can't always get around. So, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to be able to kind of expand My skill set and try, you know, utilizing skills that I had learned in my education um, in a different setting, I think was important to me just for continued personal growth. And so all of that kind of coming together made me realize like, yeah, this is a a good time to start looking.
0: Um, And that's good. And I think it's interesting how you said it all kind of aligned for you, like everything kind of fell into place. And that's another great Sign that you're ready and you're, and the universe is ready for you and it's <laughs> going to happen.
1: <laughs> exactly. I wholeheartedly believe in like, you know, things happen for a reason, you know, manifest your own destiny. Obviously you have to work hard. It's not just going to come to you, but I think like the energy you put out into the universe. Uh, comes back to you, which Does. funny story, I think I manifested a bagel place down the street, which I was super excited <laughs> about. And a bagel place <laughs> appeared for you? Well, so, th- there used to be a Mexican place down the street that closed down, and I was like, and I kept telling my boyfriend, I was like, oh, it would be so great if we got a bagel place. Like, I really hope we get a place that serves awesome bagels, and now there's, like, a great place down the street that serves wood-fire bagels. I'm like, oh. I oh made this happen.
0: Goodness. You did. You have some major powers. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope I didn't use them all up in like the
1: course of two yeah. months because that's and possible. You but
0: <laughs> well, you got your bagel place and you got your new job and now you're done.
1: Just <laughs> exactly. Kidding. Like all the, all the good things have happened. I think I can retire now, right? Just eat bagels. <laughs> I don't know
0: what fire bagels. They could they could sustain lifetimes, I think. Oh, that absolutely. sounds amazing.
1: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how many weeks weeks, right, or month are you into your new job?
1: Um, so I'm 3 weeks into my three new weeks. job, but I took a week long vacation last week.
0: <laughs> oh, good for you.
1: And I started the Thursday before the 4th of July. So, okay. employee of the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't you, have you ever noticed that happens? So it's like when you are going to start a new job or you're going to do something new, it's like, oh, well, I had this plan. So is that okay if I'm not there for another week?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. And like, I think most companies are used to that nowadays. is yeah. that like so. people plan things without necessarily realizing they're going to be quitting yeah. their job sure. um so yeah i had definitely asked ahead of time and made sure it was going to be okay for me to go on this vacation which was much needed <laughs> okay where'd you go um i went down to table rock lake in missouri oh, so by branson lovely. yes lovely. It was- a week of sitting on a boat and enjoying a few cocktails and time with my family. And can't ask more than that. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: that sounds amazing. And now you're all supercharged to take this new task in your life head on, right?
1: Absolutely. Yes, that's what I keep telling everyone. I'm like, that's why I took a vacation two weeks into it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me more about kind of your role than your wellness coordinator for this grant. And what does that kind of look like?
1: Yeah. So I am now a wellness coordinator for one of the grantees of the statewide health improvement partnership in Minnesota. So that grant um, is given out by the Minnesota Department of Health and funds activities um, that I guess the larger goal of the grant is to reduce um, the obesity rate and tobacco use rates in the state. Uh, but it's really focused on policy system and environmental change just because those are going to be more sustainable than a one time program or funding, you know, something that isn't going to last um, beyond the grant period. So we really focus on um, funding uh, those changes that will influence healthy eating or healthy food access, uh, physical activity, breastfeeding and tobacco cessation. So that kind of happens in a variety of settings. And we work with a lot of partners throughout the community to make that happen. Uh, so we work with schools, work sites, uh, multi-unit housing, healthcare facilities, um, community centers, things like that, just to really create a culture of health within um, the county and uh, provide them with some technical assistance, as well as some financial, if we're able to really make some of those policy um, system and environmental changes that'll lead to, you know, long lasting health and help prevent um, some of those chronic diseases that are related to those. So it's a wow. really, a really interesting and really special project. And I don't believe really anywhere besides Minnesota does anything like that. So that's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: um, that is very cool.
1: And just to be able to feel like you're impacting such a large group of people at a really important level um, and helping create some of that health equity to make it so they can make healthier choices and have the opportunities that other people have um, is really rewarding and very cool. And I'm only three weeks into it, so I I can only go up from here. Um, So I'm really excited just to see the future of this and continue learning more and how we can continue to build on what's already been done.
0: And you have a lot less travel, correct? So do you kind of, is it just, do you stay within one area of Minnesota or is it the entire, cause you said in the County. So I didn't know if it was.
1: Yeah. Counties. So, um, the grant is awarded to counties and tribal nations throughout the state. And so, um, some counties bunch up into like groups of four or five. Um, okay. Some counties do it on their own. Um, it just kind of depends on the amount of funding or how much support or the size of the counties. Because if you have really rural counties, just resource wise, it's sometimes best to combine um, with other public health departments. So sure. I work for just one county um, and kind of help facilitate grant activities throughout that county.
0: Okay, well, that seems much more doable than counties, so that sounds good.
1: (laughs) A little bit less coordination with the government entities.
0: Yes. I mean,
1: still lots of coordination, but um, you're not having to ask as many groups for input um, when you're just working with one, but um, sometimes it's good to have all those opinions and ideas. So I definitely like... Opportunities like the conference I was able to attend today, where you get to connect with people and share ideas and best practices.
0: Mm-hmm. Then you can just kind of piggyback off each other and and implement different things that work.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's. I mean, you want to share those success stories and things that worked and things that didn't because you know you you want people you want to help improve the health of the entire state um, and all of the counties, and so the more you can share those resources. Um, the better and it really just allows you to you know try something that you know has worked or kind of avoid something that you think won't because someone else has tested it before which is really helpful
0: that is helpful good community to to be a part of
1: absolutely lots of collaboration which is so great it probably feels
0: different than your other job because you are kind of it for what you did correct
1: Correct. So in my other job, there were other dietitians, but we were all located in different states. Um, so really, we got together maybe once a year for an in-person meeting. But otherwise, you know, occasionally we had phone calls to kind of be in touch and share some ideas. But for the most part, you were working in a bit of a silo and not really um, able to bounce ideas. I mean, you could bounce ideas off of each other, but there's something a little bit different about, you know, being... Nearby and working in the exact same communities and, you know, seeing each other face to face.
0: That's true.
1: Yeah. I think I like that
0: more personal touch of meeting with people. It just, it just feels more genuine, I think.
1: Oh, I totally agree. And I think that's why I made the jump from corporate to more public health and public service, just because I really enjoy talking to people and that, you know, interaction and trying to solve problems together. That'll, Usually benefit everyone.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, you mentioned,
0: you know, a little dabbling in something on the side. So, do you want to kind of share maybe with what you're kind of looking at to help you stay connected with that
1: personal kind of nutrition? Yeah. So, I um, had initially jumped on Instagram (laughs) as a dietitian uh, just to share like food pictures of what my chefs were making in my previous job and kind of hold myself to trying to cook things because I didn't really grow up cooking a lot. <laughs> um, and until grad school really like wasn't super into cooking my own food. I was really into eating everyone else's. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the best, right? <laughs> it is the best. It is the best. <laughs> but I've discovered this like crazy passion for cooking now and I love it. Um, and it's fun to be creative and try and find ways to, you know, Use ingredients that you're not used to, but I also was starting to realize that it was really helpful for me to learn how to cook to better be able to talk about health promoting behaviors to clients. So if I can't tell you how to prepare a vegetable or a chicken breast, like I can't expect you to know how to do it. I'm telling true. you to eat healthier. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So I felt like that was just a really awesome connection i mean probably a very obvious connection but for me to kind of make it myself um when i was you know first starting out my last position was really great and so kind of just like had hopped on instagram to share some of those and it was mainly like just my mom's friends and my friends from high school (laughs) who were liking my pictures and liked what i was cooking and wanted me to share recipes so i was like okay i'll just share some recipes and then more people um, who were uh, at, employees at the work sites we were working in um, with my last job found me on Instagram and started following me. And so it kind of became just a fun way to share really simple nutrition messages and kind of continue some of the work that I had been doing in the cafes. And then it kind of grew a little bit from there. And um, I had a few people reach out wanting some one on one just coaching help with, you know, I want, I, there's a lot of misinformation out there about nutrition and I want to learn how to eat a little bit better. Um, is that something you think you could help me with? And I was like, yes, I'm a dietitian. Yes, I can. <laughs> I can. Um, so it just kind of turned into like a little side passion project and I really enjoyed it and I really love counseling one-on-one and helping people, um, just really like fall in love with food again. And I know that sounds super weird, <laughs> wow. but I feel like people have become so disconnected from food and stress so much about food and what they should and shouldn't be eating that to really be able to talk to people about, you know, like, okay, you have a goal of, you know, being healthier. That's super great. Um, most of them came to me wanting to lose weight. And I was like, you know what, let's put weight loss on the back burner and kind of focus on some of these behavior changes Um, and maybe your relationship with food and how you can improve some of those things. And, you know, if weight loss happens, cool. Um, if it doesn't, you know, you're, you're participating in health promoting behaviors and that's what matters. Um, so I kind of started, you know, looking into mindful and intuitive eating and became really into that. And so I'm trying to, on the side, build a little bit of a practice where I can continue doing some of that um, one-on-one counseling work just because as much as I love public health I do love working one-on-one so being able to have an opportunity to do that as well um, and still do something I enjoy is important to me so it is a little bit more work
0: <laughs> yeah but I
1: feel like you know it's kind of that corny saying if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life and I feel like that piece of it is something that I get to do for fun because I mean, I have, you know, a full time job with benefits (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, have that going for me. And so to be able to do something that, you know, could potentially make me money, but lets me impact people on a little bit more of an individual level. Um, is really great. And something that I, you know, also wanted to do. And there's no such thing as like the perfect job. So sometimes you have to make it yourself. So I just combined two jobs. (laughs) I,
0: you know, and that's, that's a great point. Because you do sometimes you have to you have more than one passion, and you kind of have to find ways to make them both work to make you feel whole.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't think I would feel whole if I wasn't doing at least some some one-on-one counseling or education as much as I love public health. I mean, I became a dietitian because I wanted to help people and you do that in public health, but you don't see the outcomes of that immediately. That's something that takes years and years to see sometimes. And so I think being able to have a little bit more of that immediate feedback um, kind of reignites that excitement about nutrition and wellness and all of that. So uh, definitely in the very early stages, um, I did start a website and blog um, just to share some recipes and I'm working on getting some articles up. Um, just in the meantime, but hopefully counseling by the end of this year, um, be picking that up again. I kind of took a little bit of a break with the job transition just because <laughs> things are well, oh, yeah.
0: yeah, well, and your I think your personality lends to working with people one on one because you do have such great energy and sometimes that's what people need. They just need positive energy and someone to listen to them and just be that, that expert, but still be that caring person.
1: Exactly. And I think if you approach it, at least my approach has always been like from a place of I understand why things are so confusing and I understand you don't know everything. And realistically, I don't know everything, Um but let's figure it out together what's going to work for you, because I may be a nutrition expert, but I'm not the expert of someone's body. So like true. they're the expert. They're true.
0: They know it's the best. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. So being able to I I like that almost puzzle aspect of one-on-one counseling where you're trying to figure out what is going to work best for someone and Mm -hmm. they're kind of you know helping along the way so um you're more empowering them to do what works for them um and kind of explore some of those things with a little bit of guidance and you know have all the myths busted so that they don't have to fall down Crazy. The rabbit hole <laughs> The Google, the Google diet trap rabbit hole. Yeah, the rabbit hole that is the internet and yes. everyone and their mom who has a blog.
0: <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Well, I'll have to definitely link your um blog on the show notes. So then if anyone is interested in checking your stuff out, we can have it on there.
1: Yeah, I would appreciate it. That'd be so what's great.
0: The, what's the name of your blog?
1: Uh, So the website address is livemindfullywell.com and so I've kind of branded it as Mindfully Well uh, just because I really enjoy or I really like the message of mindful and intuitive eating just because it lets you still live your life and enjoy food without rules and becoming obsessive and Um, just kind of coming from a place of caring for yourself when it comes to nutrition and wellness, uh, rather than rigidity. Um, and that's just kind of been my approach and experience to food is rigidity doesn't really work for most people. Um, and so, and personally, it didn't work for me either. So I think, um, just taking a little bit more of a gentle approach while still, you know, obviously paying attention to you know, what are healthy habits and, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables because everyone needs to. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> I have. I think I worked with a
0: client and that was, I've worked with a group of clients and their, the goal was, you know, just eat one fruit and one vegetable a day. That's your goal. Let's yes. do it.
1: <laughs> so I, mean, yeah, I agree. It, it amazes me. Like some of the clients I've counseled one-on-one and even the ones that I had when I was working in corporate wellness and food service, I was like, oh, well, You know, they're asking all these questions about, oh, should I do keto? Should I do paleo? And Mm -hmm. I would ask, like, how many fruits and vegetables are you eating? And they're (laughs) like, well, I eat maybe some carrots for lunch. Oh, man. And I'm like, before we jump off the deep end... (laughs) we go from one extreme to another. (laughs) Yes. Like, let's try just making some simple changes. And so... I, yeah, I, I don't come from like the mindful and intuitive eating perspective. I know a lot of, um, practitioners who are in that field don't either of like, we completely ignore health, but like, let's take small steps, realistic steps and keep nutrition really simple. Like you don't need to do anything crazy. (laughs) You don't need to, you don't need to all of a sudden change everything. And realistically that's not sustainable. Anyways, you need to make you know, those small gradual changes while still, you know, enjoying your food, feeling satisfied, honoring that hunger and fullness um, before, you know, you're really going to see any good outcome. So true. You have to get
0: in touch with that. It's it's like the princi- the basics that you have to figure out, I think, before you can kind of move on.
1: Exactly. And I think with just, you know, I think people like to get so focused in on You know, the latest trends and, uh, and you know, some of that stuff's great. Like superfood's cool, but let's get back to the basics and make sure that's in place because other things aren't going to do anything for you if you're not do laying the groundwork exactly. <laughs> if you're not eating your fruits and vegetables yes and i feel like water. i want to say yes drinking water. i feel like <laughs> as dietitians we sign on for a life of just saying eat more fruits and vegetables just eat, just eat like one fruit and vegetable let's go with yeah. that <laughs> yes <laughs> if that means
0: more, then that's more than zero. So great.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Anything more than zero is great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you're
0: in a really great place just on this next step in your career and in your professional life and personal life, because it sounds like you're kind of making it all work in both directions, which is very important for a lot of dietitians to remember, too.
1: Absolutely. I think that work-life balance is something a lot of people struggle with. And I know I struggled with, especially in my last job. And it takes time to figure that out. <laughs> and it takes a lot of, you know, thinking about what you want to prioritize to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like I'm in a really good place. Well, good. Well, and I, I tend to, for some reason, I just tend to
0: say, you know, I think in a year from now, we should check in with each other if we don't meet each other before then. And just kind of see how you're doing and where you're at. I love having this, the continue, the continued contact with you guys to kind of share your story even further.
1: I would love that. It would be so fun to connect again. And my brother lives in Des Moines now, so you and I can hang out.
0: You there? You. I know. I saw that you were at the farmers market, and I was like, "You were at the farmers market." I know. (laughs) I was (laughs) sad because I was like, "I would have met you, Deb." But I know you were like, "Just you said a quick trip in and out." But I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's in Des Moines." (laughs) Yes. No.
1: Next time, I will for sure let you know, and we can go romp around the farmers market. Good. Good. That'd be fantastic. (laughs) Yes, I would love that. Well,
0: I have some fun questions for you. you answered all the hard questions, but everyone says these are the hard questions, which I really don't think they are. But anyway, oh <laughs> why don't you share with me some of your
1: favorite foods? That's like, ask me to pick a favorite child. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. I, but that's a good, that is a good comparison for dietitians, I think.
1: <laughs> oh man, there's so many categories and directions I could go with this. <laughs> How about if you were living on a desert island and you could only have
0: like one to three foods for the rest of your existence, what would you choose?
1: Mm for the rest of my existence. Well, see, then I'm going to think like a dietitian and be like, what's going to sustain What's going to sustain me? my life? Um, I feel like almonds and beans. <laughs> uh, I mean, no. That's so boring, Sam. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I'll just say my favorite food, and this is this is super weird, and maybe because you're from Iowa, you'll get it. <laughs> um. Did you ever have, like, it was like, we called it canned beef? Like canned beef, where you like pressure cook chunks of. Oh my <laughs> gosh No, you never had this. Okay, I don't know this. I don't know what normal people call it. <laughs> but my grandma always canned beef, where you like pressure cook beef into the a beef can. This is yeah. like n- no one's going to want to listen to this. But, so what you do is, it's basically you make like beef and gravy and Uh then you lay down a piece of bread and you put the beef and gravy on it and then Uh a scoop of mashed potatoes a scoop of corn, a little butter and salt and pepper on top. That is like my all time favorite meal. It kind of sounds like
0: a a hot beef sandwich. Is that like another name for it?
1: That's probably the actual real people name for it. You call it canned beef. Canned beef. <laughs> 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 yes. So for all your listeners, hot beef sandwich with mashed potatoes and corn is like classic Iowa. Yeah. Oh, I will say Sarah. I do
0: like the hot beef sandwich, but now I know there's another alternative name for it.
1: So <laughs> Maybe I'll I... have to bring that down when I <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, I would have to say that or ice cream. I used to work at an ice cream store, which is funny that I'm a dietician.
0: <laughs> i see. I think that leads us to being a dietitian. We're like, oh, I could just eat ice cream all day.
1: I used to take the taster spoons and go up and down the line. And I told my supervisor it was because I needed to know what everything tasted like. Because yeah. people ask you that, don't they? They're like, oh, what
0: do you think of this one? And you're like, OK, well, I've had it. And it is like this. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. I was just being an informed Ice cream. <laughs> Absolutely. I
0: would agree with you. Uh, what beverage what kind of beverages are your favorite?
1: Mm, my favorite beverages, I would say coffee. I love coffee. Um, and wine. I've recently gotten into wine. <laughs> red, I know. Um, very recent so like in college it was all white wine because you start with the sweet wines before you can drink anything a little bit more full bodied Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm working my way or I've actually gotten pretty far into the reds but I always get made fun of because my level of wine knowledge is about that of Michael Scott in the office where I know if it's red (laughs) or white and that's about it (laughs)
0: hilarious
1: (laughs) so I'm getting there I do enjoy a good glass of wine or like a gin and soda in the summer that sounds good I'm with you on all of those uh,
0: <laughs> do you have a favorite scent or a smell Mmm,
1: favorite scent or smell um I would say apple crisp is probably my favorite because it reminds me of my grandma
0: Ah, see is not that um, how food gives you a memory that's the best yes
1: yes no I love I think that's one of the coolest things is food gives us memories and it just reminds us of specific times in our life and Mm -hmm.
0: there's just a lot of
1: yeah there's just you always are sharing it I mean not always but I feel like a lot of my fondest memories are when I've been sharing food with people or holidays or things like that so
0: yes yeah I agree with you um how about favorite colors
1: or color color my favorite color is orange Ooh, that's a, that, no one. I don't know if anyone said that color. That's a good color, um, specifically like sunset orange or like the color of peaches. Ooh,
0: <laughs> so I actually painted my body.
1: Yes I actually painted my bedroom orange in uh elementary school my dad or no high school my dad was not thrilled about having to cover that up when I moved out
0: <laughs> that's okay though you have to have that freedom of expression when you're a teen correct
1: exactly exactly <laughs> better than a lot of other things I probably sure <laughs>
0: mine was pink so my parents did the same thing yeah and I had pink carpet too so I was a little extreme
1: but oh wow yeah it
0: was it was fancy
1: I should have just gone all the way and gotten a orange carpet have. damn I'm
0: jealous next time when you have that when you have that me you, me room or your she shed in the backyard you can do that oh I'm totally gonna have a she shed it's gonna yeah. be amazing <laughs> me too uh what brings you joy in life Sam
1: um gosh i would say like my family friends food just talking to people hearing their stories puppy videos puppies. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a puppy no i'm trying we're working on trying to get one right now gotcha. um so soon soon there'll be a little addition can't
0: wait to see that
1: I know that's probably what my Instagram is going to become now
0: just puppy Puppies and like an occasional picture of food
1: yeah or it'll just be like my pictures of food with a puppy in
0: the back you know what marry them both that's
1: perfect actually yeah why not have all your passions in one place exactly I think that's a great idea well thank you so much for sharing
0: your journey so far and like I said in about a year from now let's reconnect and see what's up with you
1: yeah I would absolutely love that and thank you so much for having me on your podcast it's been so much fun talking with you.
0: Sam is so fun. I really enjoyed talking with her more. I really hope we get a chance to connect in person too. I know she makes her way to Iowa on occasion, but I also might make my way to Minnesota as well. Her personality lends to so many different dietitian aspects, which I think is a great attribute to have. Make sure to follow Sam on her Instagram with her handle being at Sam the Dietitian. You will not be disappointed, and you will get to know a lot about her just through her post. My website, com, is where you can read the latest post in my nutritional nosh blog that happens to house all the crazy stories of my current adventures, some of the food I am noshing on, the jams making up my music playlist, and maybe a really delicious real-deal recipe I am attempting in the kitchen. And as always, I like to share with you what I'm loving right now, whether it's food or maybe a funky new beauty product. You will find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great humans. If you'd like to know more about my book, you can purchase it from the website. I hope we can connect more. Connect with me on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Anne Elizabeth RD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and start a conversation that truly matters.